Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. This is my true love, The Office. There could be no better thing to talk about. Welcome to the podcast known as That's What They Said. Use the surge of fear and adrenaline to sharpen your decision-making. Save Bandit and get to the conference room stat, because it's time for the podcast where a father and son team, myself and my son Griffin, analyze the TV show, The Office, in a way that you have never heard before. And um, we're on episode five of this podcast, right, Griff? Yeah, I believe so. Enjoying the run so far? Of course. So we count them down. And Griff, if you don't mind, I know you have to kind of look over your shoulder for this, but just adjust the mic. Tell it what we do on the podcast. Each episode, we give you an episode, one episode of The Office, and we analyze it. But we're counting down from 10 to 1. We bring to you number six today. But Griff, review the top 10 so far. All right, so we started our first episode. Number 10 was basketball. Mm -hmm. Then came Company Picnic at the number 9. And then we had Injury at the 8. And then last episode, number 7, was Dinner Party. Dinner Party, the most cringeworthy so far. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we are up to number 6. And it is, Griff? Stress Relief. Stress Relief. Stress Relief, I should say. Uh... It is an episode that begins with perhaps the greatest cold open in the history I don't think of perhaps cold it opens. It has to be. It has to be, right? So, what happens in the cold open is Dwight decides that PowerPoint is boring. So, he's no longer going to use that for his safety presentations and he wants to educate everyone on fire safety. He stages what he calls a, what does he call it? A simulated fire. Panic ensues and all kinds of things are broken before he reveals that it's not a real fire, it's just a cigarette that he lit. In like a trash can, I guess, right, Griff? Like yeah. Right outside the uh, the office. I'll read you a few f- facts on this. Now, this interestingly, this is a two part episode. We're we're gonna take it uh, bit by bit. We're gonna go through all of our categories. And, and in case you don't know, we run down the best lines. We do trivia. We pick an MVP and a sleeper. We poke holes in the episode in a segment called "Shooting It." We'll throw a deleted scene at you. We'll do the George Foreman Grill hot take of the week, and we'll provide a Dundee, perhaps, that uh, someone deserves a Dundee or an award for something meaningless, probably. <clears throat> Stress Relief is a two-part episode. As I mentioned, it was uh, comes to us from Season 5, the 14th and 15th episode. It originally aired, I don't even, it doesn't even say, oh, yes, it does, February 1st, 2009. And it was written by Jeffrey Blitz and Paul Lieberstein. Now, Griff, do you know why I mentioned Paul Lieberstein? Isn't do you know he, who that is? Is he Moe's? No, Toby Flanderson. Ah. Uh, so the actor who plays Toby actually writes a lot of these these episodes. I know that Moe's does too, and so does Mindy Kaling. Correct. And as well as B.J. Ryan. Oh, yeah. Plays, yeah B.J. So Novak. B.J. Novak, sorry. And... Uh, you're you're right that the the guy who plays Moe's, whose name is escaping me right now, he's one of the masterminds behind the show. But anyway, we don't get any Moe's in this particular episode. Stress relief in this episode. Dwight stages a fire in the office to test the fire safety skills. 
Things go from bad to worse, and then Stanley suffers a heart attack in the middle of the panic. Meanwhile, subplot, Andy, Jim, and Pam watch an illegally downloaded movie at work, starring Jack Black, Jessica Alba, and Cloris Leachman. We'll probably get into that a little bit. And Pam deals with her parents' recent argument that caused her father to move in with her and Jim temporarily. By the end of the episode, Michael has tried to calm everybody down with a relaxation exercise that doesn't go so well. And then the episode just kind of ends, right? What happens at the end so much? Um, we find out that Michael's the reason why everyone's stressed out. That's right. And that's yep. about it. <laughs> and that and that's about it. So, but there, even though it's uh, only part one of two, there's a lot packed into this. So, um, let's should we start with the lines? We're Absolutely. Gonna, we're going to try to narrow down the episode to just the few best lines. I know it's going to be hard, but I think after you hear this, you'll be satisfied. That's what she said. Thank you, <laughs> Griff. Kick it off. I So I only have two out of okay. this entire episode. Okay. We, we both said after we watched this that it was actually kind of a shorter episode. It felt short. It, it ran it ran about maybe 21 minutes. Usually maybe it runs a couple minutes longer. But and, we, we did mention that the cold open is right. huge. It's like a good four minutes to start the episode. Yeah, it's like it's almost it's, it's almost five minutes, I think. So that's why the rest of the episode feels short, I think, because the, the cold open is so long and spectacular. But what do you got for a line? First line in the open. Got to give it to Andy when Dwight drops the firecracker on the ground. Andy proceeds to yell. Do you remember? The fire is shooting at us. <laughs> I had that down as my first a, one as well. It's the best line. Yep. It's such a great line. Yep. Um, and then the other one I have is when they're doing the meditation. I think it's around 1820 if you want to go there. Okay. Um, Michael says it. And it's when he's doing his series of ohms. Oh, yeah. Ohm. <laughs> and then when yeah. he sees Meredith sit down right in front of him. Meredith sits down in kind of an awkward position. Because he says to sit down in Indian style. Indian style, right. Indian style. But he doesn't realize Meredith is wearing a skirt. And so this is what we hear coming up right now. Ohm. Everybody sit on the floor. Indian style like me. Oh, my God. If you're wearing a dress, please keep your knees together. Nobody wants to see that all. <laughs> And I, I love that he goes, like, in, um, like, he continues the ohms. Like, yeah. he's just like, ohm, never, yeah. Blah, 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 ohm. Yeah, he picks it up in the ohm. A lot of the quick lines were in the cold open. So let's let's listen to, like, the first uh, 60 seconds of the cold open. And we pick it up with Dwight kind of right outside the a door to the office starting this fire of sorts. So here it is. Last week I gave a fire safety talk. <clears throat> And nobody paid any attention. It's my own fault for using PowerPoint. PowerPoint is boring. People learn in lots of different ways. But experience is the best teacher. Lights a cigarette. Today, smoking is going to save lives. Oh, my God! Uh, Oh, my God! Fire! Oh, fire! Oh, my goodness! What's the procedure? What do we do, people? The are dead. Oh, how did that happen? It's out in the hall. No, we don't know that. The smoke could be coming through an air duct. Oh, my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! Wait, 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 wait. Everybody, you calm down! No, no, Michael, no! Touch the handle. If it's hot, there could be a fire in the hallway. What does warm mean? Oh yeah, and then it gets even worse from that. <laughs> and just, and just, I never get tired of watching this sequence. This so much, and we'll probably get to some of the when we get to the categories. So let's. Wait, what are your best lines? Oh, best lines. Oh, I didn't even do it. Yeah, the fire shooting. Us, you took that one. 
Um, when Stanley has a heart attack, Michael is leaning over him doing what he thinks is CPR, and then he thinks Stanley's going to swallow his tongue, so he starts shoving his wallet into Stanley's mouth, and he says, Stanley, you can't die. And what does he say? Why he can't die? Barack is president, Barack, Stanley. Barack is president. You president, are black. You are black. Yeah. And then my final best line of the episode was during the CPR training when Kevin gets so tired after 20 seconds of working on this CPR dummy, he just looks up. And says, "Call it like he's just, like he's a, like he's a surgeon." <laughs> he's and, so defeated. And he lost there. Yeah, he lost the patient. So those so those are mine. So we move on to uh, trivia. You want me to hit you with uh, my question? Yeah, first? go. Okay, here we go. What in the panic that ensues after an apparent fire breaks out in the office, Michael tries to escape by throwing something out of a win- smashing a window using this object. What, what is the object? Isn't it a projector? Yes. Woo-hoo. Absolutely right. Yeah, very good, Griff. An overhead projector. I noticed it because you don't see them in offices anymore. I mean, you don't. I mean, do you see them We at used to have them at school and right. like elementary school, but not anymore. Because I think projectors are so cheap now, like actual projectors that you hook up to a computer. You don't need that. And the, the, in the old days, the not only did you need that overhead projector, you needed transparencies, which, which had, you had to write with pens on these transparent sheets. Anyway, so... Uh, they apparently lost their projector that day because it went flying out the window. Um, can you name, uh, how many can you name of the flashbacks of Stanley losing his <laughs> patients or or who were they directed at? Okay, so, boy, have you lost your mind because I'll right. help you find it against Ryan. And he's yelling Ryan. That's Ryan. That's, that's right. um, bring your daughter to work day. Wow. Check Thank out you. The, check out the Brandon um, Griffin. That's a good one. Did I stutter from the episode? That's right. Did I stutter? Do I stutter? Yeah. Did I stutter? Yeah. There's one when he's just in the the conference room and he's just, just like gets up abruptly. I don't remember exactly what he says, right. but I remember that scene. And then I the, can't. the other one, I'll give you a hint. He's standing behind Michael for this particular. Oh, one. Pretzel Day! Pretzel Day is right. Yeah, he he insists that people don't that Bob Vance doesn't cut the pretzel line. So he says, "No way, Mm-mm, no so way." It, he says that he like in the office has had a bunch of moments where he gets like angry or whatever. Right. Those are the only moments out of like all the seasons. Don't you think like Michael would have like 15 times as many moments oh, of course. as Stanley? Yeah. I remember when I first saw this episode, I thought that's a little forced. Stanley, yeah. Stanley usually doesn't lose his temper. By the way, this was during one of the little talking heads, Stanley talking to the camera where he explains that the heart attack is due to stress. And so he goes, I have been, have kind of lost my temper in the past. And they flash back to the ones we we're just talking about. But you're right. Stanley is more known for being crossword puzzle guy, just like sitting in the back and sleepy, sometimes even sleeping at his desk. Right. So that's a good one. We we should have saved that for shooting it, but that's okay. Uh, Here's I got two more quick trivia questions for you. The CPR instructor that is brought in to teach the office. What is her name? I think it's Claire. No, Rose. Rose. Sorry, you got that one. Um, And finally, my last uh, trivia question. Dwight during one of a couple moments where he explains that it wasn't him who killed Stanley. It was Stanley's own heart. He said, I'm not the one that has been filling him with these two types of food over the years. Butter. Butter is right. And sugar. Sugar, that's right. How to close, close the trivia segment with a flourish. Wow. Nicely done. Yeah. I did not expect that. Okay. Yeah. I have oh. a couple for you. Go for it. Um, first, what do we find out is Dwight's least favorite charity? 
Oh, yeah, PETA. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I had that down somewhere. I forget where I put it. But, yeah, that I laughed so hard at that. When Dwight's being punished, Michael suggests, well, let's just make him donate to a charity he doesn't like. And it's like, PETA. <laughs> yeah. um, the next one's a little subtle one. When Dwight and Michael are driving back from corporate after their first talk, Dwight, uh, Michael says, you know what, I'm taking over as blank. What does it's the position that Dwight yeah. has, but Safe. what does Michael call it? Oh, see, I, I was just gonna say safety officer. No, he, he doesn't call it that. What does he call it? Safety man. Safety man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's one of the running themes is that you know, Dwight gets disciplined, they have to go to corporate not once but twice because of Dwight Dwight's misdeeds. And I think that's funny. It's also funny because offices don't typically have safety officers that anyone knows. But, of course, Dwight Schrute has to be the right. safety officer. What uh, else you got? My last one is, can you name the actor that was supposed to play Sophie's mom in the movie that Jim, Pam, and Andy are watching? Yes. Nicole Kidman. Nicole, Nicole Kidman, Kidman is she, right. She, thank you. And she, she dropped out, so they got... Cloris Leachman, right, and rewrote it as the grandmother. Just a small the, modification to the script. Just yeah, it's th- that. That was one of the, this is one. We'll make into this later, but that's one of the weirdest sort of moments in the office where they are watching this movie in the conference room on a laptop. Andy, Jim, and Pam, and it's a movie that does not exist. It's a movie that they concocted, you know, to to but but with real stars, right. obviously, and. I wonder if somewhere there is like a version of that movie somewhere, even like in short form or something, because they took the time to shoot it. Anyway, okay, we done with uh, trivia for now. Yes. 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 Okay. Well done. Okay, it's time now for. We pick the MVP of the episode. Would you like to go first? You go first. Chris. I'll go first. Mine's mine's nothing special. I have Dwight. Yeah, I think this is the first time we've matched. Only time we ever agreed. Yeah, it's good. Tell it us has why. to be Dwight. Yeah, it like has he, to be, yeah. well, he starts be. the whole yeah. fire. He right. has all the funny moments where he's dealing with corporate, and um, and then when he cuts the face off the dummy. Right. I didn't think it was going to be like in the movie, yeah. but it you is know pretty what, realistic. Do you know what movie he's talking no about? No idea. Oh, you don't? Oh, that's interesting. It's Silence of the Lambs. In Silence of the Lambs, which you'll never see because it's scary and gruesome, uh, <laughs> the Anthony Hopkins character, who's the, the one of the most evil people ever portrayed on film, uh, fictional, but it's Hannibal, Dr. Hannibal Lecter, who they called him Hannibal the Cam- Cannibal. He was a serial killer, and he would eat people after he killed them. And in order to escape, he, after killing a cop, he actually cuts the cop's, you don't see it, but he cuts the cop's face off and like puts it on his own face and then sort of pretends to be the cop half dead and um so dwight wanted to recreate the cutting the face off, which of course makes no sense why would you feel the need to to you know myth bust silence of the lambs in the middle of a cpr train turns out very realistic turns out very realistic right uh so mvp we agree completely and now we are up to the sleeper of the week you go first. Um, all right. I'm pretty proud of this one. Okay. I went with Andy. All right. Because first, the fire shooting at us, obviously. Yep. But um, I love that scene when they're doing the CPR mm-hmm. and they start saying, oh, just do to the tune of the Bee Gees, staying alive. Right. You got to pump, pump on the chest right. to the beat of staying alive. Right. And 
and he starts singing in the background. He's starting to get a little more into it, yeah. and then starts to go past the chorus, which like wasn't meant to be. Correct. And the whole office starts like singing. The whole office starts dancing, and Rose is just like face palming there, yeah, like exactly. has no say over anything. Right. Exactly. Yeah. What he actually does is he goes. Unfortunately, I know too much about the Bee Gees. The, the whole point of that, of thinking about that song, is it's the ah, ah, ah part. It's ah, 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 staying alive. Most people know that beat. And so if you, you know, here's a little safety lesson for all you out, out there, our listeners. Yeah, do the, um, you do it to that beat. But what Andy does is decides he's going to go back and, and sing the beginning of the song. So that's the opening lines to the song. Well, you can't tell, by the way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, too much. Uh, my sleeper is Creed. Can you guess Ooh. why? Deep sleeper. Do you know why? The I saw you in the parking lot. Thing? No, I don't even like that line. That was a weird line. I, yeah. I thought it was pretty funny actually. So, okay. No, I I picked Creed for just one moment, a singular moment. Is it in when, the open? Yeah, in the, in the open when when Oscar there's a lot that goes on in the open as we mentioned already, but Oscar tries to escape through the he goes through the tiles in the, in ceiling, the ceiling that it's one of those drop ceilings and he he escapes up there for a moment. And then moments later, he tumbles out. But all you see is his legs coming down. It's, oh, yeah. And, and Creed looks right at the camera and makes this look of horror. And I can only imagine what Creed was thinking. It was almost like there's a fire and there's a person emerging from the <laughs> ceiling or something. And I don't it's know. this creepy dude that just right. has like funny reactions to things. Exactly. Right, right. So that's that deep sleeper, but that's my sleeper is Creed. That's fair. That's, all right. Thank you, man. Um is that that's it for sleeper and MVP? Good. So when we get back from this brief break, we'll play you a deleted scene, and then we go into the rest of the episode. I do need to tell you about what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. How would you like a podcast of your own? As we record this, we are all Americans, kind of quasi quarantined because of the coronavirus, but. The good news is for podcasters that they march on, people are sitting at home, they want to consume stuff, and if you have something to say, we can help you say say it by way of a podcast that we can record remotely. We'll set you up at home to do so, and podcasts are great. They help you deliver a message. They can help you build relationships. Be part of the pod revolution. Visit pod617.com. In pod, we trust. All right, and here we go with deleted scenes. Griff and I have sifted through a few of them, and we've discovered one that we think is cool. I think it speaks for itself, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Big surprise for you. Michael, I don't think surprises are what Stanley needs right now. It's okay. What's the surprise, Michael? I have for you a portable defibrillator. Shocking, huh? You should be very careful with that defibrillator. It is a defibrillator. I watch ER. <laughs> well, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, the proper pronunciation is... Defibrillator. Actually, it's defibrillator. D E F I B. I came in 17th in the Scripps National Spelling Bee. I got out on the word WYSIWYG. <laughs> and then I gained 40 pounds. I am the defibrillator. It's defibrillator. I'll be Barack Obama joke. Racism is dead. Okay. So are we. Okay, we turn it on like that. Whoa, you don't oh, want to. No. Hey. Oh, here we don't go. Turn it on. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, Who's my first victim? That's ah, clear. Dangerous. <laughs> That's very dangerous. There's a lot of voltage. Oh, going. Serious a lot of voltage. A lot of voltage. No. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Michael is totally unsuited to be safety officer. During Stanley's heart attack, he sat on his chest and shoved things in his mouth. True. We'll probably lose one employee a month. This is the best part. Mm-hmm. Michael cracking up. I can't wait to 
shake somebody's hand and defibrillate them? <laughs> <laughs> I even have a catchphrase. You've been defibrillated. <laughs> oh God! And it's so funny because he's serious. Like he, he, he definitely is. That's going like to. genuine laughter from yeah. Steve Carell. There, like he's like actually cracking up. Yeah, yeah. That's he does a great. La- I don't know if it's. Excuse me. I don't know if it's fake or not, but it's great. Okay, we're up to shrewding it. The part of the show where we poke holes in the story, things that maybe don't make sense or a little bit out of place or something like that. You, uh, you. You want to go first? I'm going first. Straight? You get a lot or a little this week? or Not as many as usual. I only okay. have three, I think. Okay, go for um, it. I'm going to save my strongest one for the end. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is... Okay, so Oscar, you mentioned, climbs into the ceiling. That's when Angela throws up the cat and says, Save Bandit! <laughs> right, exactly. Great scene. Right. Um, shooting it, though, Oscar can't get out of the building going through the ceiling there. Like. Well, in theory, I guess he could. But Think about it. Where is he going to go? Over the office? Where is he going to go to the hallways, which know. have fire in them? No. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're probably right. Well, unless the office borders on some other office that I don't know enough about architecture. I don't know when he's going to hit an actual wall and not just, like, you know, drywall. That'd be a good, like, find the actual building and see <laughs> if you could get out. Um, my next one is, okay, so... Michael and Dwight go to New York for the the meeting with um, with uh, corporate, corporate with yep. David Wallace. They drive there and back, mm-hmm. and are still in time to come back to the office and do like the mindfulness tra- do the meditation training. Right, right. The drive to New York. Did from, you look it up? No, I didn't. Oh, but I'll I'm pretty up, sure. Yeah. When Michael goes early for his interview, he goes the day early. He says, he calls up Pam, says, oh, I came to New York. Like, I was a uh, day off. I'll be back in like two and a half hours or something like that. I think right. it's a really long drive. It is, according to Google Maps, two hours, 20 minutes, 120 miles. So that that is a lot. Plus That's a the, lot. Plus the fact that, you know, when you go to New York, it takes time to find where you're going to park and all that business. And they had the yeah. meeting. It was probably a good amount of time. Yeah, you're right. That's... that. That that's a real quick uh, up and back. Good Thank point. You. Okay. Good one. Yeah. Um, and then my last one mm-hmm. is so we don't find this out until later in the show, mm-hmm. but that back closet that they were trying to get into. So during the fire, there was one closet in the back that Andy I think went over to and started uh, touching the handle. And Dwight said, "If taught, like you can't go out there." Right. And then Jim says, "I'm not dying in here." Grabs the copier and starts right. plowing into the back right. door. Do you know what that back door leads to? No. It's a closet for the people that are recording, like for the... The documentary. For the, the, the documentary. It, there's nothing in there. It's a dead end in there. How do you know that? Because we find that out when Pam uh, Pam has the storyline with the... She gets to know the boom microphone holder guy. And who happens there's to be a, a scene where they're in that closet. Oh, okay. And you're right, yeah. she's like, oh, I'm like so sad that you're you're getting in trouble for this, that you got fired for this. He's like, no, it's okay. That guy had to get fired anyway. But there's no no place outside of that. It's a couple lockers in there. It's like a, a small little closet. There's no reason to go there. Well, also, why are they barreling through that door if they know there might be a fire behind that door? Or was that the one door they determined wasn't? The, no, the, that had a fire behind it, too. Yeah, so where what's the, what's the end game there? Exactly. Yeah, that, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in that first scene. I got a few myself. First of all, I I don't I guess what Dwight was doing was locking all the doors and then and then using a blowtorch to heat up the the right. handles, but it seems like he one of the doors he uses a key and smashes the key so that the key is like trapped in there and, and not, still does the, the and fire the, handle 
and still does a fire hydrant. And then he also takes those little wooden wedges and sticks mm-hmm. them under the door. So it seems like he, it, it was confusing. Okay, here's one. When they when the fire hits, the, some, Angela, I think, picks up the phone and says, the phone lines are dead. Well, how did he kill them? Pam. Oh, Pam says the it's phone Pam. lines are dead. Yeah, so so at what point did he kill but the he, phone lines? He claims, like... Um, that he did it like he you can tell that he says oh like who did that um, okay I, so he definitely did do it but i agree with you there's no way to know how he actually did it not to mention i don't i like i wouldn't know where to be maybe dwight is such a you know attention to detail and he's nuts that he knows how to kill the phone lines i guess he would be the type that might know like but I don't you think people were on the phone when the actual fire started also like don't you think people were talking and then the that phone lines point cut out right in the in the middle also this was what did we say, 2009? I'll have to check that. It seems, it seems like it, maybe that's a little late, but I, th- I think that's what it said. Mm-hmm. Cell phones? Nobody has a cell phone? Why don't they, they pick up a cell phone? They do have cell phones. Right. Wow. The phone lines are dead. Pick up a cell phone and call. Or maybe somebody does. Somebody Does somebody call 911 or do they just shout out the window? They, I don't know. They say call 911 when Stanley passes out. Right. So the phone line's dead. That's 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 out of place. Um Okay, so when when Angela frantically throws Bandit into the ceiling to try, try to get Oscar to save the cat, she takes him out of a uh, file cabinet where Bandit is apparently sleeping in right. a file cabinet. So is Bandit there every day? Like, and if so, how come, we've never, how come we've never seen him before or her? I don't know if Bandit's a he or a she. Uh, here's another one. When they go to corporate, Dwight is disciplined by familiar face David Wallace, the CFO, which uh, this wasn't even my shooting it, but it seems like the CFO does everything. Why is the CFO in charge of discipline? He's supposed to be chief financial officer anyway. (laughs) And also, who's the guy sitting next to him? Do we know that? Some random dude. Is he supposed to be HR? Or is he maybe, or is he supposed to? Oh, you know what? That's not the guy. That's not the guy. That's another shooting it. It, Is that the guy from the picnic? No, it's not the same guy. guy. Okay. And, And also... Who is he? I already said that. I mean, maybe he could be the president, but we never, I don't think we ever, during the run of the show, see who the never president see him again. is. Of never Dund- see that of, guy again of, either. Of Dunder Mifflin or that guy. Um, this is a minor one, but when they, in the conference room scene, you can see that one of the windows has been boarded up because it was shattered during the chaos. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we saw the conference room window be smashed. We did. We, we did we? We who, did. Who it was it? Michael. I thought he was smashing the window in his own office. No? No. Okay. He was in the conference room. All right. Shrewding it, withdrawn. But my final one, I think, is decent. When Dwight cuts the face off of the dummy, they, the CPR dummy, and they go to corporate, he and he's getting yelled at, David Wallace says, that cost us 3500 bucks, right? right? I just looked up online. It looks like you can get a pretty decent CPR dummy for anywhere between 150 and 300. I thought that bucks. was ridiculous yeah, too. Yeah, that's 3,500. Come on, or is Michael doesn't even come with arms and the legs? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Good one by you, Griff. Okay. Thank you. So that's it for. You got any more shrewdings? And that's Shrewd- all I got. Okay. That's, oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay. We are now up to the hot take. It's the George Foreman Grill hot take of the week. I've got just one, and my hot take is that the writing staff and producers of The Office wasted Jack Black. They had they hired Jack That's Black. That's a great call. Not to mention Cloris Leachman and uh, who'd we say? Jessica Alba. Um, 
and he never comes into the office because he's playing himself in the show in some movie that doesn't exist. To me, if you're going to hire Jack Black, if you're going to hire the clown, let him blow up a few balloons in the office, you know? Yeah, I tap more into that in my hot take, too. Okay, okay. Um, But my first one is that um, there's no possible way to get out of the the building during the fire. Mm -hmm. I think Dwight sets it up that there's literally no way to get out, but then he claims at corporate that... He was shouting instructions on how to get out of the building. Yeah. So you can imagine my frustration. <laughs> but um, my hot take, they're literally all the doors were uh, had, quote unquote, fire behind them. Right. And they couldn't escape through the windows. The phone lines are down. There was no way to get out. He set up a ploy that that it was impossible. Yeah, to escape. What, how would exactly were they supposed to pass? The Remember your escape training? points. Remember yeah. your escape. Po- the escape points he, are the doors. No, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Um, but, all right, and then my, my second hot take is that this is one of the most expensive episodes of The Office mm. ever recorded. Oh, I like this one, Greg. Because, yep. for one, in the in the opening, they break a ton of stuff. They break a copier. They break mm-hmm. the windows. Mm-hmm. Um, they break the vending machine. Yeah. And number two, they hire some like real actors for the that show that for the movie you're talking about. Yes, they hire yes, Jack Black. Yes. They hire um, Cloris Leachman, and I think yep. that contributes because I think they went really all out for this episode. They knew it was going to be a good one, so they were willing to ha- spend the budget on it. But I can't think of an episode that like really went as financially deep into yeah i don't think it was the season finale because uh, we're looking it's it's episode 13 14 did we say usually there are 20 episodes so i don't think it was the the season finale no it's not it's not but maybe it was sweeps week or something there's a week in in the entertainment industry where the advertisers look to base their ratings off of so every show tries to become good like that week um yeah it's a it's a monster episode so that's a good one griff thank you i like that we are up to uh, Dundies. I got one Dundee. You want to you, you do your I'll Dundee do my first. Dundee. Yep. My Dundee for the clueless critic goes to <laughs> Andy Bernard. <laughs> That's good because I, like that I love that storyline where he thinks that Pam and Jim are movie geniuses. Yeah, um, and that they're picking up on things that are just going over his head, but. He legitimately thinks that he is missing things, and they're they're actually commenting on the movie when, in fact, they're talking about the the relationship of Pam's parents, and mm-hmm. it just contributes more to the the Andy character on how clueless and how paranoid he is and uh, yep. gullible, basically. I'll I'll take your hot take a step further. Andy Bernard could never really have gotten into Cornell. Because Andy Bernard, that is that I've thought about that a lot. Yeah, because Andy Bernard is an idiot. He, he, he's the master of no not knowing things going on around him. So, so as you said in this episode, Jim Pam watching the movie with him, but they're constantly distracted by the situation with Pam's parents feuding, and so they keep saying things that they seem like non sequiturs to Andy, and Andy can't figure out they're talking about something totally different. He thinks the fire is shooting at him earlier in the episode. I noticed an episode the other day where there's a storyline, of course, where Andy proposes to Angela, mm-hmm. and Angela and, and Andy are looking for a place to hold their wedding, and through this sort of conspiracy behind Andy's back, the wedding's going to be at Shrewd Farms. 
right? right? And Dwight, in explaining all the amenities of Shoot Farms, is looking right at Angela, and they're looking at each other lovingly. Right. And Andy Bernard has no clue that they still have this he little has no clue. behind. Also, that episode where he questions his sexuality and he is asking everyone <laughs> around the, episode, around the yeah. office if he's gay or not right. and has no idea. He has to ask other people if he's gay. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. All okay. right, sorry, Andy Bernard, but, but um, you know, the truth hurts sometimes. Um, I only have one uh, Dundee to give out, and it's something we already mentioned, but just best impromptu dance to Kelly Kapoor for, yes. for, for <laughs> just getting up and dancing to staying alive. It was like instant. I she know. Like, you, heard, uh, you heard Andy singing, and then all of a sudden like you, the, pan, the camera pans, and she's standing up just dancing. She never does anything like that. Right, right. In, it's, it's, it's credit to the brilliant writers of The Office where there's this weird situation where like, what would, what would happen in The Office if when the CPR instructor says, well, in order to help you keep the beat, think of the song Staying Alive, what would happen? First of all, Michael would get the song wrong because he always he always does that. He mistakes Lady First Gaga. I was afraid. Yes, right. <laughs> he starts singing um, I Will Survive, which is a completely different song. Once he gets it corrected, the song is going on. What's going to happen next? Well, Andy Bernard is going to have to sing because right. Andy Bernard is the guy who always annoyingly breaks into song. And then what would Kelly do? She'd just start dancing because it's a jam. It's a party, you know? <laughs> and so, and uh, so. But then everyone's like head bobbing too, like Phyllis in the background. She always gets in on stuff like that. That's true. And we're, we're just supposed to feel bad for the poor CPR instructor <laughs> who, who, who is driving back to the office. Even Dwight can't help it. He gets into it too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Dwight does too. That's that was that was sort of fun and endearing. Of course, poor Stanley is the reason that they're there, and the poor CPR driver has to drive home with a CPR doll that has been completely maimed beyond recognition. Um, okay, I think we might be at the end of the episode, Griff. Anything else? I think that was good. All right, we won't do a, a secret teaser this week because you already know what's coming up. We're gonna we're gonna return to visit part two. Of stress relief, relief. I keep saying relief or release. It's relief. It's relief. Right? All right, either one. Um, and uh, we hope this uh, podcast relieved a little bit of your stress during the day. Griff, um, thanks for being here once again. Always a pleasure. I'll be back soon. He'll be back. He will be back, as Michael Scott would say. I am the Terminator. I'll be back. So remember to share this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hit that share button. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. Share it with a friend. Spread the love. The need for your love is desperate in us, just like in Michael Scott. So we will conclude by saying, why does Angela only weigh 82 pounds? Why does Kevin feel compelled to save the snacks? And why does Dwight always have a knife strapped to his ankle? Why? Because that's what they said. Griff? That's what they said. That's what they said. <laughs>